Hello, and welcome to Morlocks, a Let's Experiment show about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters in Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host, Lexa White, and with me this week is Dolomesh. How are you doing? I'm very good, Lexa. Thank you. How are you? Doing okay. For those who may not know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name's Danny. I'm 28. I'm from North East England. Um, uh, you might know me from the Dark Home Diaries. Um, I have, however, just rebranded because um, I'm going to start doing some um, Shutterpoint content alongside um, my MCP content. Um, so the blog is now called WellLaidPlans.com. Nice. Um, I've, I've been doing the, the blog about a year now. Um, really enjoying it. And um, I've been playing uh, MCP for around about two years, um, mainly um, competitively. Um, but I do like to get my uh, my casual nights in as well. Yes. Fantastic. Now, I must ask you, what character not in Marvel Crisis Protocol do you want to see in Marvel Crisis Protocol? Okay. Um, I really, really, really enjoy my foes at the moment. Um, I know there's been rumours that this character is on the horizon, um, but I think it's got to be Vulture. Mm. I've definitely heard that rumor too, uh, but I can make no comment about it because I haven't heard anything beyond the rumor. No, I haven't either. But hopefully, he's not—he's not too far away, and I think he'd be a really good addition to yes. to Fuzz. Mm-hmm. Fantastic! Yeah, Vulture. Vulture is a classic. It would make sense if they were to announce it to announce it relatively soon, so the announcement lines up with the new film. But I know, like, the new film and Shadowpoint were kind of conflicting for space on stuff, so I don't know how that is working out on their end of stuff. Yeah, sure. Now, uh, who did you bring for us to talk about today? So we're going to talk about the original Human Torch today. Yes, this is a character that I find fascinating. Um, For a lot of people, he has been... Usurped by Pyro, but the more I look at the two of them, the more I feel they do different things. Yeah, I think he's got some uh, some different kit on this card to Pyro, but I think the the overall role that you would probably want him to perform is very similar to Pyro, which is probably why we don't see him as much as we maybe should. I'm not as sure about that, and we we will talk about that. Um, but I think um. His mobility and repeatability on extract shenanigans is a lot better than people think. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna dive into to that a little bit today because that that word extract shenanigans that you used there that's that's what we're gonna dive into a little bit with this yeah. list that we're gonna make. Is there anything that jumps out to you? Any affiliations that jump out to you immediately as ones you want to talk about? There is, yeah. So I mentioned a little bit earlier on that I've been playing a lot of Spider Force, um, and they've got a lot of extraction shenanigans they can do with some of their tactics cards, um, and I think he plays in nicely with with some of the things that they want to do. Oh yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Spider Force is an extraction shenanigan affiliation at this point, and I think Human Torch plays right into that. Um, I also want to mention X-Men. 
Yeah, I think he's got. I think he's got some good playing X Men as well. Um, I think the problem is, is X Men have a lot of good threes, oh, yeah. right? And and you, he's probably fighting a lot of their affiliated three threats for a spot, which is why I've I've slot him in Spider Force. Well, it's the thing I think about with X Men specifically is X Men is one of is the team most prominently wanting to do Peta flips, and I think he's a really good Peta flip character. Yeah, right. They, I mean, one of their their sort of premier um, secures is portals, right? And if people don't know, you need sort of high energy defense to sort of leverage that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and of course, the original Human Torch has four energy defense, so he plays he plays nicely into that plan too. Yeah, um, I think in a similar way, he might be. I don't know if this is going to end up being an actual list or not, but I've been thinking on the double energy pay to flips with a claw list. Yeah, I think I think that could work. Um I'm I'm a bit down on on claw as a as a leader. Um I I've, I have some pretty strong opinions on that leadership. Um, yes. But I think as a as, as a character, I think claw is claw is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um le- leadership aside. Mm-hmm. Are there any other affiliations that jump out to you? Um, not right now. I think X Men and Spider Force are two uh, are two pretty good affiliations where we can slot them in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm. I think there are a couple other places. I think he does not mind as a Beam character. He does not mind uh, Shadowlands Daredevil, for much the same reason the Rapid Fire characters don't mind him. Getting those extra rerolls on a lot of small attacks means he can he would be able to put through a lot of damage and incinerate is a very good condition in aggressive teams like that. Um, yeah, I I think he's going to be a very interesting tool that we will realize the power of later. Um, while we never bring characters in their home affiliation, I will bring up I think. There's actually a S.H.I.E.L.D. Human Torch Spider-Woman team at this point that is running the energy attack suite. Yeah, they've got some real good synergy together. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I mean, we there's nothing. I know we said we can't. We're not really going to put them in Shield, but I guess yeah. there's nothing stopping us putting Spider Woman and uh, Human Torch together in a, in a list, I suppose. Yeah. If if there's some good synergy together between the two. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but. I, I think I came in going, like, Spider-Foth, and you came in going Spider-Foth. So I think we, we have a converged idea, at least. Yeah, sure, let's do it. Cool. So, of course, first off, we get in Green Goblin. Of course. The only leader for Spider-Foth at this point. But, hey, you never know what Vulture might bring when he comes. I, I have a little bit of hope, but for now, we've got Green Goblin in there. I, I am a staunch advocate that the next Spider-Foes leader should be Prowler. Oh, okay. That's an interesting take. Why Why did you say that? Uh, so we have one Spider-Foes leader for the enemies of Peter Parker and one Spider-Foes leader for the enemies of Miles Morales. Okay, I like where this is going. I, I came at it from more of a thematic angle than a, like, structure uh, like, no, no high marquee character angle. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think Prowler's a really good show, and I think he w- he could bring some interesting kit to the game. Mm-hmm. 
and he he's like the biggest Miles Morales villain until you get into things like the Inheritors. Of course, he's probably the most well-known uh, Miles Morales villain, right? Yeah. Um, though I have yet to see the new movie, so uh, Spot may very well take that whole uh, spot as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've not I've not seen it yet too, but uh, he looks to be a, a real good villain. Yes. Um, who is your next spider foe that jumps out to you? Okay, so we're talking about extraction anagans, right? And this is the main uh, sort of flavor for the list. So if we're talking about extraction anagans and affiliated spider foes characters, who do you think we're putting in now? Uh, there are two names that actually jump out in my head. Okay. Which are Rhino and Doc Ock. Okay, so they are our next two characters. Yeah. Um, both of them do really well. I planned this, as you have now named your podcast. Is such a good card. It is such a good card. I think. Um, I think uh, talking to other Spider Force players, there is kind of some people are really up on that card, and some people are really down on that card, right? And I, I can totally understand why you roll your five dice against somebody holding one extract. You don't get the dice. That card feels really bad. And on the on the flip on the flip side of that, you roll your dice against three guys that hold an extract. You do damage to them all, and you get all three to drop their extract. And that card feels really good, right? So it's it's my view of it is that it is a way to break, uh, even boards. Um, yeah, that's that's the way I look at that too. <laughs> Um, and it's very powerful in that regard. And there is basically zero situations where you are, unless you are hammers and someone has multiple hammers, there are very few situations where you are playing only going into one person with well-laid plans. Yeah, and I think I think if, if that opportunity presents itself where there, there's only one person holding an extract, I don't, I don't think he used the card. I think... Yeah. Um, I've said this to a lot of people. I think there's definitely a technique in knowing when to use it and when not to use it. Mm-hmm. And if you if you kind of don't have that technique nailed down, it can be a really feel bad card. Yeah. Um. So I I do think there's a skill element involved in knowing when to keep hold of that card and when to play it. Yeah. Um. Are there any other spider first that jump out to you? Okay, so we've got um, Green Goblin, Rhino, Doc Ock in there. I think the next one we're going to put in is Mysterio. Mysterio, okay. Interesting. I, I've i been very mixed on Mysterio. Why, why, okay. why is he the one that jumps out to you? So I think it's really important um, to have kind of a, a few um, sort of game plans in, in your roster, have a little bit of flexibility. And although Mysterio doesn't play into our overall game plan of extraction shenanigans, I think he's really good on those clustered up crisis. Um, so we're going to put a few characters in here who, who are a bit of like a brawler type character, just so we've got that that flexibility if we if we need to go and fight somebody. Okay. And I think Mysterio does that really well. I can see that. Uh, Human Torch is also very good on clumped up scenarios because he is a beam character. He is, and that Incinerate plays really well um, into those clumped up crises, and that Incinerate really helps Mysterio get that damage off mm-hmm. um, to get the move from his attack and then tricks and traps off. Very fair. Are we bringing Lizard? 
We are bringing Lizard. Lizard is the next one we're going to bring. Yeah. Lizard is just a generically good character. He is, yeah. And if uh, if any of the my locals are listening to this, they'll know that I'm pretty much married to Lizard, so in no circumstance would I ever make a roster without Lizard in. So th- there's a bit of a running joke there. Fair enough. I, I've been... And this may be more because I've been playing a bunch of Criminal Syndicate. I've been attached to Craven the Hunter recently. Yeah, so Craven the Hunter I actually haven't put in this list. Yeah. And that might be a bit controversial. Uh-huh. I I generally... I, I personally favor him over Mysterio, but that is also personal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the two, the two very similar characters, right, who... Well, they're not... They're similar in a way that they're going to perform a similar role, but they're not similar in kind of the things that they do. Yeah. But I think Mysterio's in there to fight, and I think you put Craven in there to do the same, right? Yeah, but it... I, I, I prefer Craven's mobility to Mysterio's shenanigans. Yeah, sure. And I think Craven might give you a little bit more flexibility in terms of where you're going to play him on and the, the crisis that you're going to play him where you would tend to play Mysterio on a, a set crisis. Yeah. Now, are there any characters that jump out to you out of affiliation that you want to talk about? Okay, so I think one to talk about who's been um, a very big talking point among Force players at the moment is Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme. Ooh, okay. Uh, and the re- the reason why he's in there is it's for a centerline extract grab, a safe centerline extract grab. Mm. Um, so basically, Doctor Strange starts each turn with three power. Mm-hmm. He can pay power for eyes on the prize. He can move once into the middle with eyes on the prize, pick up a midline extract. Um, from range two, and then he still has a move to get himself out of there. Yeah, that is that is very fair. There, there are a couple characters that fulfill that role. Um, why, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why specifically Strange Supreme rather than somebody like Beta Ray Bill? So Strange has um, a couple of bits of synergy with um, the Fours. Um, he's got some um, synergy specifically with Green Goblin and Mysterio um, in that he has a place on one of his attacks. Um, so that plays into the Green Goblin um, sort of destroying the terrain and doing the mm-hmm. additional damage and Mysterio's tricks and traps. Okay. Um, so it sort of plays into that out-of-activation damage or the trap house playstyle, as that's been commonly known. Mm-hmm. I I can definitely see it. Um, a character that jumps out to me when I'm just looking at Human Torch is playing him with Mordeaux. Okay, well, where are you seeing the synergy there? So, uh, there's one synergy with Human Torch himself, which is the plague spread. Uh, Human Torch gains a power equal to the number of people around him that have incinerate, so Mordo's ability to pass around incinerate without needing... Once you have one, you can get everybody type situation means you can really power up that uh, Human Torch. Sure. Two... And I've said this for a long time, Spider-Foes and specifically Dark Ark are a group of characters that get exponentially scarier the more dice you give them. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. And Ferocity of Sidorak is a way to do that. 
It is indeed. I think there is some good synergy there, so I'm I'm quite happy to stick Mardu in there too. And he's bringing us another another Mystic attack right aside yeah. from Mysterio because we're very physical heavy at the moment. Yeah. Um. Actually, we have a fair number of energy. Actually. Yeah, we do because because Green Goblin can change his attack type, right? And then we've obviously got Original Human Torch in there, who's got energy, and then Dog Ock has his arm lasers, which is also an energy attack. And Strange Supreme. Uh, has his uh, Deadly Daggers, which is Tri-Type. So. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got quite a we've got quite a breadth of um. Yeah. And then obviously Strangers bringing Mystic attacks too, along with Mysterio. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And if we stick Mardu in there, we've got quite a quite a nice range of of attack types. Mm-hmm. Any other out of affiliation picks that really jump out to you? So I think we are quite like a two threat in my list, right? Mm-hmm. So is there any two threats that are jumping out to you? Um, I've got I've got one character in mind, a, a two threat slot. Um, can you guess who that is? Let me guess, Toad. It is it. One of them is Toad, um, but he wasn't the character I was actually thinking of. Huh. So yeah, Toad is like the conventional answer. Sure. Um, if you want to play into the trap house style. Uh, Racket Raccoon is uh, the two threat that you generally pull in with the Trap House style. I've also been a bigger proponent of Quobox Black Widow recently. Okay. I was actually thinking of Bullseye here. Yep. Bullseye, another classic pick. I think, um, I think Toad would work, but I think because we've got that um, midline center extract grab with Doctor Strange and eyes on the prize, I don't, uh, I think Toad brings less value into this list. Mm-hmm. That is, that is very fair. Um, I can definitely see Bullseye. Bullseye is one of the more aggressive things. I I find Bullseye is just a slightly better version of Rocket Raccoon, and I think Rocket Raccoon has enough synergy with Spider-Foes. When I generally play Spider-Foes, I default to Rocket more. So how do you find his survivability without Groot? I find his survivability... Let me phrase it this way. I find the fact that he is a look at me, I'm a target that draws people into your various circles of influence between Mysterio and Green Goblin. He is not that survivable, but he draws people into the positions you want them to be into. And I don't mind if my two threat dies because he's only the two threat. That, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah. And he also has his own uh if an enemy in movement within three of me, do something. Yeah, he play he's got some synergy there with, with Mysterio and uh, and Green Goblin, so yeah, I think we can definitely slot him in there too. Yeah. That leaves us one character slot left and we are slamming through this. Um, okay, I think um, I think this slot is is a little bit open. Um, I actually have Winter Soldier in in here, but um, I'm I'm open to suggestions here as well. Yeah, Winter Soldier is one of those just like classically good pieces at this point of time. Um, he's also kind of the boring answer in many ways. Um, but it looking looking at our playfield. Look, looking at our team, so we have, we're always bringing Human Torch, we're always bringing Grey Goblin, we have then Rhino and Doc Ock, uh, 
strange mortal rocket. So we have a 2, 3, and a 5 out of affiliation to oscillate our threat values, and then a 4 and a 3 in affiliation. So I think we can go anywhere on the threat value spectrum here. Yeah, we could maybe look at putting somebody like Hulk in. I know he's, he's a fairly generic answer here, um, but I think he he deals with a lot of um, a lot of the the meta stuff right now, right? So you put a Malekith in there. He's pretty good at dealing with a Malekith. Obviously, if somebody brings a Hulk, you're taking your own Hulk there. Um, but yeah, we could put Hulk in there. Winter Soldier, like you say. Um, anybody else standing out to you right now? Yeah, Iron Man. Okay, where are you seeing the synergy there? Um, I think Spider-Foes as an affiliation generally do really well at chip-damaging smaller characters over time, right? Between right. your tricks and traps, your well-laid plans, but you don't really have the punch to get through a big, scary monster most of the time. Sure. Helios laser is a way to do that. Oh, okay, I can see where this is going, Lexa. And while we don't get the fun tricks that you get in S.H.I.E.L.D. because you can't play a New Age, because uh, New yeah. Age is S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliated, I think he is hes another split-type character, so we are really versatile on our attack profiles right now. Um, and he can... Uh, and he is another character, and he likes... Um, because of how small his dice pool is, he likes the leadership anyway to build power. Yeah. And then just the ability of Helios, and in the mid-game, especially as right after Goblin has flipped, you have so much power to spend. Yeah, I think the, the one thing... I've noticed playing a lot of spider forces is that um, they have a lot of things to do with their power, right? So yeah. Green Green Goblin, he he typically wants to be doing his trick or treat. Um, you've got Mysterio in there who often wants to be attacking and spending three power to do tricks and traps. Yep. Um, you've got you've got Rhino in there as, as well who often wants to be spending his um, his power to do um, it, you know his his stampede and his terrain throws. So mm -hmm. my only concern. I think about taking Hinglios is, is are we going to have the power to yeah. to build that up enough to take off the table what we want to take off the table? And that's a 100% fair assessment. Um, but it, it was a thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's a couple other good generic answers. Uh, Logan is always good, even if I think he's too good. Yeah, Logan's a good shout. Um, also, we mentioned her earlier. I think Spider-Woman is not a bad call. Yeah, I can see, I can see a lot of, um, a lot of synergy with, uh, with what we've got going on here. I think, um, I think, you know, her long move really plays into what we want to do. Yeah. Um, she's, she's obviously got the interrogate as well, which can get us some extra, extra VPs where we might need it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm quite happy putting her in here too. Yeah, and just... When you look at the ways we have to manipulate VP, it would be, what, interrogate, uh, well-laid plans, this is a robbery, and uh, too hot to handle? That's a lot of ways to manipulate VP and play a very uh, objective-based game without needing to be a reposition team.
Yeah, absolutely, and it, it gives us a lot of flexibility to to try and score that game out fairly quickly, which is which is what we're aiming to do here. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really solid ten characters there. Yeah, I think we've done really well there. Uh, so extracts. We're an extract shenanigan team. Um, we are. There are two that jump out to me, and then I'm wondering okay. about the third. Okay. Um, I think we like Cube a lot. Yep. Um, I just think it gives us... It sets us up to daze people with well-laid plans way more often than they expect. It does, and we've got we've got quite a, a lot of beefy characters in here, so I don't think we're too bothered about the damage that's given us. Yes, and we are a team that loves the extra power. We are a very power-hungry team. We are indeed. So I think I think I'm happy with cubes in there. That was one of them. I was thinking myself. Um, fear grips hammer. Uh, fear grips world. Yeah, hammers is another one I was thinking of because so one thing to note about the original Human Torch, um, for those that don't really know what he does, his too hot to handle only works on asset tokens. Yes. So this does not work on civilian crisis. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good it's a good shout to be putting those um sort of higher VP asset crisis in here too, so we can really leverage that. Yeah, and. Also, uh, I want to remind people, he also has, like, a stovetop, which is really solid into uh, the hard control lists. Like, web warriors hate dealing with a human torch. Yeah, he's got some. He's got some really nice flexibility. Um, so I think we're looking at those higher VP, higher scoring crisis, where we can really, uh, we can really look to leverage some of his care. But then we kind of run out of asset tokens that are high scoring. We do. So I actually think we we put a, a civilian token in here. I know we can't really leverage um, torches too hard to handle on this on that sort of crisis. But I think the highest scoring extracts really fit the rest of what our team is trying to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have to just um, park the asset. The asset sort of shenanigans just for this crisis, um, and I've gone with um, spider infected and vids yeah. Manhattan. So it, for me, it was a question of spider infected versus Montesi formula. Yeah, I think I think Montesi Montesi is fine too, mm-hmm. um, but I just think with you know there's more VPs available on the table yeah. for spider infected, so that that would be my pick there. Yeah, very fair. Um, so that's extract secures wise. You got any ideas here? We've already talked about how power hungry the team is. Otherwise, I would be looking to play a pay to flip game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we may splash play pay to flip because I think we have a really annoying uh, deadly meteors team. Yeah, I think Meteors is a good shout. There is another pay to flip that I'm specifically thinking about here, though. Um, we've got a lot of um, sort of high physical defense um, within our affiliation. So we've got Doc Ock, who is fourth four. F- four physical threat. We've got Lizard, who is four, four. I'm saying threat, four physical defense. Um, Goblin. And, and Goblin is four physical yeah. defense. So can you, can you see where this is going? Yeah. Uh, mutant Madman. It is Mutant Madman. Yeah. Um. Now, this final one is an interesting question. 
Um, I could 100% see going Infinity Formula. Um, yeah. Just a generically solid crisis uh, that we're already a power-hungry team. We've talked about that. Um, I don't think we're a super spout scoundrels team. I think we play at too long of range for that. Yeah, I think um, it, it sort of negates a lot of Goblin's kit, right? So he's attacking, he wants to be attacking characters from range four, and Scoundrels basically gives them cover on that. I think we've got Bucky in there as well, who's also a longer range type character, so it won't do him any favours either. Um, I've always been a fan of Cosmic Invasion. I know D-types are complicated, but we have a lot of characters that can reposition back on the point without losing attack efficiency off of the two power you get from the Cosmic Vault. Yeah, we could do that, or my my pick there would, we've mentioned it before, would be Infinity Formula. I yeah. think we do we do a lot with the extra power. Yeah. I think the map shape really helps some of our characters, so Rhino's quite good for bouncing around the formulas. Um, you know, Goblin can sort of sit on one side and just sort of attack from range four. Bucky mm-hmm. can do the same. Um, and like you say, we can do a lot with the extra power. Very fair. Now, tactic cards are going to be interesting. There are three... Uh... Sorry, two that jump out almost immediately, uh, which are the two we've talked about already, which are This is a Robbery and Well-Laid Plans. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're our two uh, sort of nailed-on tactics cards, I think. Yes. Um, what else, though? Okay, so I think let's start by looking at the character-specific cards, right? So we, we've got, we've got um, Mysterio in there. So Mysterio comes with a very nice... Um, very nice card, which is the Grand Illusion. Yes. Grand Illusion is solid. It, it is. It's a, it's a really good card, and I think it's staple to Mysterio himself. Mm-hmm. Where are my cheese? There they are. Um, again, as we mentioned, we cannot uh, play uh, New Dawn. No. Nope. Uh, as much as that is a very good card. Um. So, and I don't. I think, we, uh, I think we might be getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. We've missed. We've missed an affiliated Spider Force card. Can you think what that is? Oh, are we playing traps? Sinister we are traps. playing traps. Okay. Sinister traps. I've actually heard a lot of. I've heard some contention around sinister traps and if it's actually a value or not. Ooh, that's a spicy take. Okay, why, why, why do we think that? Um. I have heard it said, and I don't disagree, that there are enough characters in the game that the power from the damage for Sinister Traps actually gives them more turn one advantage for extraction shenanigans than the push denies. Okay, I think I think that is a very valid point, right? Is that you, you're going to feed your opponent power. Mm-hmm. But your kind of leverage on who you're feeding that power... It's not. It's not kind of your decision. Yeah. Your 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 decision point is where I'm going to put that. So that is kind of out of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sinister Traps is is a really great card on sort of D shapes where you can put it out on a out on a flank where somebody would have to double move onto that point. Yeah. So the push is essentially denying them scoring that that 
sort of secure or that extract that's out on the flank. So let, let's say on hammers where a small base medium move would need to double move onto that. Essentially, if you put traps on there, your trap goes off. They, that character cannot score that hammer because they're, they're being pushed away from the hammer. Yes. Um, I also... Um, I like it on scrolls a lot. Is uh, that because of the double push by any chance? Uh, yes, uh, yes. You put it on your your side of the middle scrolls. If they pick up theirs and get pushed by it, you push them into the trap and they get a second push and you can push them really deep into your territory. Yeah, very nice. Um, and... There are some weird matchups where um, I also think it's insanely interesting on the center point of a spider-infected game. Yes, I think that's where sticky trap down on the middle, um, even with a safe extract grabber in the in the um, in your opponent's team, that's now no longer safe, mm-hmm. um, or they get just get to a point where they can't pick it up. Yeah. So there are. I'm trying to think if there's any other character specific cards. Oh, yes, there is. Um, how do you feel about Devil Agent? Ooh. Okay. Let me let me just pull up the card. Let me because it's not a, it's not a card that I am particularly familiar with. Yes. So it's. Uh, a Spider-Woman affili- uh, card, unaffiliated. At the start of the activation phase, Spider-Woman spends two. Choose an enemy character. The next time the chosen character gains an activated token, remove an activated token from Spider-Woman. Okay, I do like this. I do like this, and I think if she's if she's got some opportunities to to score here, I think um I think it's a really nice card. Um, I, it's definitely a card I think we can include. Yeah. Especially since I don't feel there's a lot of tactic card pressure on us. No, I don't. I don't think there is either. And and double activating is can be can be really powerful. Yeah. So I'm quite happy to put that in. How do we feel about Monkey Brain is Lizard Home? Okay, so I do like this card. However, I I find that. The situations where in your head you feel like this could be a really powerful card, those situations don't crop up particularly often. Yeah, it it feels like it is counter to the game plan we are trying to build. Because it is very good on clumped up high value secures. And we are playing the extract game here. We are, and we're also playing wider secures as well. So yeah. we we don't often find ourselves in situations where characters are going to be clumped up. Mm-hmm. I think that's all the character-specific cards I can think of. Yeah, okay. So, uh, what restricted cards do you think? Okay, so I have two restricted cards that I typically like to run no matter what team I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is Brace for Impact. I think yep. that is just a generically good card no matter what you're playing or, or your sort of play style. I think that is just a card everybody should be taking. Yep. Um, my next one, um, we've got a lot of beefy characters in the list, um, so the next one is Patch Up. I can completely agree with both of those shouts. Okay, so there's our two restricted cards. Now, uh, unrestricted-wise, we had one we talked about, which is Eye on the Prize. 
eyes on the prize yet for our safe extract grab with Strange. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to pull up Mission Objective. Yeah, Mission Objective was an, was another one I had in here because that, that fits nicely into our sort of extract shenanigans uh, mm-hmm. gameplay here. And then what do we play as a final unaffiliated card? So we we've we're talking about sort of extract grabs, um, extract shenanigans. So we got somebody going up to the middle for a side hammer. We don't particularly want to be double attack there, so I think fall back is another good show. Okay, it, in my mind, it's fall back or recalibration matrix. Yeah, and I think both work here. I think that is just a matter of preference. Yeah. I think re- recal is also an extremely powerful card, so you could you could put either or in there. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a list, and I think Human Torch does some stuff in that list. He does do some stuff in that list. So he helps us out with our extract game, and he's handed out a lot of incinerates as well to help Bucky, Mysterio, Green Goblin, mm-hmm. plow that extra damage through. Um, so, reminder, we ended up taking Bucky out. Did we take Bucky out? Who did we put in there for Bucky? Uh, Spider-Woman. Spider-Woman, of course we did. We've got a card in there. Yeah, well, he, he can still help her put extra damage through, right? Yeah. She's, oh, she's, yeah. she's he, not she's not too bad at dealing the hurt. Yeah, she's actually pretty scary. And he helps everyone else put damage through for her to come up behind and interrogate them. Absolutely, yeah. So there's synergy there, too. Yeah. Um. So, for everyone at home, the full list is the original Human Torch, Green Goblin, Rhino, Dark Ark, Mysterio, Lizard, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme... Baron Mordeaux, Rocket Raccoon, and Spider-Man. For tactic cards, we have This is a Robbery, Well-Laid Plants, The Grand Illusion, Sinister Traps, Double Agent, Brace for Impact, Patch Up, Eyes on the Prize, Mission Objective, and Fall Back. For Secures, we have Deadly Meteors, Mutate Civilians, Mutate Madman Turns City Center into Lethal Amusement Park, and Infinity Formula Goes Missing. And for uh, Extracts, we have Struggle for the Cube Continues, Fear Grip World as Warzy Terrorized City, and Spider-Infected Invade Manhattan. I think this is a fun team. I think it is a fun team. I think I'm actually going to go and test this out myself in at my at my local uh, casual night and see how it goes. Fantastic. Tell us what the results are because I'm very interested. We have another local Spider First player who is who is side eyeing Original Human Torch for doing the stuff we are talking about without requiring the tactics card slot that somebody like Pyro will require. Yeah, I think there's some there's some really good things that you can do in this list, so I'm really looking forward to trying them out. So yeah, if people wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you? Uh, so they can find me on Discord. Um, my name is Dalomage. I'm quite happy to chat on there. Or you can go over and visit my blog. Um, there's actually some like comment sections on my, on my blog on each of the articles. I'm quite happy to, um, to, to chat to people on there if they've got any questions about any of my specific articles. Um, but yeah, you can mainly find me on Discord. And if you want to support me, you can do so at patreon.com slash White, where you get access not only to the uh, Morlocks Discord, but also get bonus episodes. And the first bonus episode in a while is going to be up by the time this episode goes up as I sit down with, finally get someone scheduled to sit down with me. And me and Frank are talking about Shin Kamen Rider, which is brand new, hot off the presses, and very interesting. Um, and then, uh, bu- 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 also you get the Darkhold, my twice a month podcast about what I have been playing in my local. So you get to hear a lot about New Dark 
because uh, that has been my addiction recently. Um, so yeah, and plenty of other stuff. So if you want to support the show, do that there. If you want to come play at the tournament at the LVOIS qualifier I am running, it is July twenty second at Mark's Boarding House in Bellevue, uh, which is just a suburb of Seattle. So if you are interested, I will have the link to information about that in the episode description. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Lexa. It's been real fun. And keep experimenting, people. <laughs>